welcome back to Campus Connections. I'm your host, Ashley, and today's guest is Brittany Williams. She is a senior policy analyst in higher education affordability with the Education Trust. The Education Trust is a national nonprofit that works to close opportunity gaps that disproportionately affect students of color and students from low-income families. Her bachelor's in psychology and master's in higher education administration were obtained at Louisiana State University. She's currently pursuing her doctorate in educational leadership and policy at Texas Tech University. Thank you for joining us today, Brittany. I would love to hear more about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Oh, thank you so much for having me today, Ashley. Um, and uh, to start, my work actually started as a work study student, um, believe it or not. Um, I was a work study student in the financial aid office at the very first institution that I attended. And um, through working in financial aid as a student and working with um, college access programs as a student, that really formed my uh, passion for accessibility, affordability, and student support. And so um, through just um, my career, I um, initially, um, right after college graduation, was a financial aid officer, and so supporting students on that end of the gamut. Um, I've been a career development specialist, um, and then um, through that, I moved into student support and success outreach, uh, but with the same focus of accessibility, affordability. Um, I've done some education program consulting um, at the state level here in Louisiana, and I am currently serving as a senior policy analyst for higher education in affordability. That is quite a resume, Brittany, can I say. <laughs> that is fantastic. So um, you mentioned that you are in um, affordability or supporting affordability yes, in yes. higher education. Tell me a little bit more about that role, please. So in my current role, I actually support our policy team in researching, analyzing, and just developing new proposals on, you know, key higher education topics as it um, concerns our students of color, um, students from low-income backgrounds, um, students in need of more supports at the uh, higher education level as it relates to um affordability and attaining, uh, essentially attaining a college degree. Right. And working in student services myself, I think that's something that I've really seen is the key decision and whether an individual goes to college or not, right, yeah, is the affordability. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen some brilliant, brilliant kids, unfortunately, yeah not choose to go to college because they don't want to incur that debt, right? Or they right. have um, they don't have the support from the family financially. Absolutely. And so um, what are your kind of first thoughts? And you mentioned earlier in your position that you do this research. What yeah. are kind of your, your key findings in supporting these students? 
Yes, and so let me also mention that um, this is a topic that I am currently studying in my doctoral studies. And so I am pursuing a doctorate in education policy, um, educational leadership policy to be exact. And what I find, and I'm, I am made that point because I'm literally writing papers uh, today <laughs> about, <laughs> about this topic, but what I am finding is that, you know, the supports for students in that college going process or that decision making process, it starts at home, but it also needs a foundation in transition. And so the handoff from 12th grade to that first year in college is very, very, very essential to retention and attainment. And so some key findings there, of course, we know if students are able to access the supports, as soon as they step on that college campus, then the trajectory is just a little bit better in terms of that retention. And so I think that uh, what this means is that at the high school level, we need to make sure that we are connecting our students, you know, and encouraging them to have a voice on campus so that they can advocate for themselves and find those spaces that will support them, you know, in, in, um, pursuing their studies, but maybe pursuing the the affordability piece as well in scholarship searching and things like that um, to support their, their um, endeavors. That is great. And so as there's a transition from 12th grade to college, who do you feel could they reach out to? We have got the counselors, right? But yeah. of course, would they already be reaching out to our student you know, services departments or financial aid departments? So I'll say a few things. Um, mm -hmm. And I absolutely honor the work that our high school counselors are doing. Um, but I'll start with the high school counselors. They are wearing many hats. And so sure. sometimes I think that some students happen to fly under the radar because they aren't asking the right questions. Sometimes our students are expecting the answers to come to them um, when that's not always the case. And so um, at that 12th grade level, reach out to the counselor for those supports to help with that accessibility, that access and that funding piece, those essential pieces. Um, and then yes, when we get on campus, there is such a stigma wrapped around the financial aid office, but financial aid officers are not bad people. I was one myself <laughs> no. for, for many years and I loved my students. And I think that sometimes because of the verification documents or because of, you know, the follow-up and, and maybe the, the long, you know, wait times on the phone during busy season, our students, mm -hmm. you know, um, forget that the financial aid office is working for them as efficient as, as they can. And so this is definitely one office that you want to connect with, you know, as soon as you get on campus you know, just to make sure that you have that uh, relationship. And then the next office, they definitely want to find the student support or the student 
accountability offices, you know, it's different names at different institutions, but you, you definitely want to find uh, those supports on campus. And so sometimes uh, you may have to do a little digging. Sometimes it may not be as evident as just going to orientation and here's the student support office. You know, uh, it may even look like an appointment with your academic advisor and asking those questions there. So, you know, now we're looping in a new office, but it's it's also essential to have a conversation or, or have a relationship with your academic advisor. Um, I am now in my doctoral program and I'm still connected with my very first academic advisor during my undergraduate studies because those relationship buildings, I identify as a first generation student. And so building that relationship for me was the key to retention and attainment. And so now I can give this, this context back from a lived experience, you know, as well as a researched or, you know, a work experience as well. I agree. I think building those relationships early on will benefit you long term. And you mentioned that you are first generation. I'm yes. also a first generation student. So oh, yes. I can definitely sympathize in that we had to really navigate yeah. from the application portal, right, yeah. to applying yeah. to, yeah. you know, navigating each semester because we yeah. didn't have, um, we couldn't necessarily go to our parents and just be like, okay, so so what do we do? And they're like, exactly. I've never experienced it before. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how to help you. <laughs> right, right. And so that's, that's who we have to turn to. And I yeah. think indiv- a lot of individuals didn't have someone that they could easily ask. So us as education leaders have to be open and we have to make sure that we're reaching out to students as well, because sometimes they're also not comfortable. Maybe they don't know the questions to ask. Yes, yes, that's Mm -hmm. absolutely correct. A lot of times students don't know. Just think about when we were in our undergraduate studies, we did not know what to ask. And in retrospect, I have identified student support services that I missed out on because I just did not know, you know, how to seek them out. And so I think that that's why it's also important to have these conversations prior to getting on campus, you know, with your your counselor, with your high school counselors. Um, I'll give you just even a little background there. For me, um, I attended a magnet school. So my entire, you know, senior class were high performing students. And so we also were a very large senior class. And so we met with our counselor for the necessary things. However, if I would have gone to her, you know, and said, hi, look, I, you know, I'm a first generation student. I'm super nervous about this. You know, um, my mom is trying to help as best she can. However, I just still have some uncertainties about, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I think maybe she could have given me some insight. You know, in retrospect, I think that even asking my academic advisor, who um, I had formed a relationship with, I could have said, I am struggling. You know, I am needing support in this area. Where do I go? What do I do? You know, um, I think that as first generation students, you get a little bit um, intimidated by the campus and, and there's a, a air of, you know, maybe even imposter syndrome when you get on the campus. And so 
we want to have these grand questions to ask that'll clarify everything that we need to know. But I don't think that we have to be that way. I think that just a simple help me, you know, is a start when you when you form those relationships and you work your way through finding out what it is you need to be asking for. You know, if I don't know that I need to ask about financial aid verification, let me start with this is the email I got and I don't understand it, you know, and there are professionals on the campus that will guide you through to get to that, that piece that you really was the true question. You just didn't know how to pull it out. Right. 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 And so we definitely have covered just having that lack of knowledge per se, right? Because we just don't know what we don't know until we ask or have that experience of like, Oh, reflecting back, I should have asked that. Right. <laughs> um, what are some other issues that you've maybe seen or researched about that students are coming into and struggling with affordability and accessibility? I think I would be remiss if I did not address uh, current times uh, with mm-hmm. COVID being an issue. And so right now, I think a great deal of our students um, are dealing with just the uncertainties of, you know, managing college life in the middle of a pandemic, or as the students would say, a global panorama, you know, Mm -hmm, (laughs) what what, um, does that look like? And how can I feel better about that? Um, Research has shown that, you know, during during this uh, this time, during when COVID onset, what we began seeing is um, students expressing more mental health issues. So more, you know, heightened anxieties, uh, depression, things like that. And so I think that um, for our students right now at the core, the first thing we need to do is mental health checks. Let's mm-hmm. check those anxieties. Let's check into those things. Let's reach out to people that can help support us in, you know, mental wellness first, right? And then as we feel comfortable having resources, you know, that will support us in, you know, application completion, scholarship searches, you know, just because COVID is here, your scholarships did not go away. So still holding yourself to, you know, somewhat of a rigor that you would have in absent of, and I know, you know, especially now with our students switching over to, you know, online courses, if maybe you you were a brick and mortar person or you're used to being in person and, and just the, the barriers that come with all of those things, it's a lot. And so I don't want to take away from it being a lot, but still holding yourself to the rigor of I will get this degree or I will pursue, you know, this program. That being said, you know, we have to now connect ourselves to other resources that support that, you know, with with one of the biggest things being, you know, mental health support for our students and just so that they can know and so that they can feel that they are not alone, you know, in this quest of, you know, this this upward mobility that we want to create for ourselves, you can still have that. You know, th- those things are still attainable, but it's it's a few extra steps that in this present moment we have to undergo um, to get to where we're trying to be. 
Yes, mental health was a big factor in our students. And I know the students that I work with currently, they were beyond stressed when we all, you know, revealed that we had to transition to remote learning. Yeah. And I received a lot of calls that, you know, of out of frustration or distress and worry because they weren't sure how to continue remotely because yeah. they were um, so used to being in person. They aren't yeah. very tech savvy because they have that digital yeah. divide, you know. And yeah. so I know that was causing an impact on their mental health. And yeah. actually at our college, and I'm not too sure if, you know, what colleges have enacted this. I'm really, really proud of our college for doing this, but we had a laptop rental program. Oh, and so awesome. some individuals, you know, from that weren't privileged enough or lucky enough to have a laptop mm-hmm. and they use, you know, the, the school, the campus computer lab, and that's how they have been able to get by. But obviously those are closed now because the campus is closed. Right. We were able to set up a kind of checkout rental program Mm -hmm. where you have to sign, you know, documentation saying, you know, I'm going to check this out for a term and they are now able to access if they have home Wi-Fi. Usually most people at least have some kind of home Wi-Fi. If they don't, they provided resources in their local area. So we said, hey, your Starbucks, though, has this. Or maybe if the libraries are open, something that's open that might have a public Wi-Fi for you to, to still continue. Right. And um, and on the flip side of that, if they truly were like, I am uncomfortable, this is still giving me anxiety and I really can't, I think listening to students and just yes. making sure that we are putting their mental health first and prioritizing that, we say, yes. okay, let's take this term because um, you yes. are more than a student ID to us. You know, unfortunately, that does hurt retention a little bit. But at the same time, mental health is always going to be the first thing. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely agree with that. I think so. You said a lot of great things. But the main thing, you know, that I got from that is students having options. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes our students that we serve feel like they don't have options, that it's all or nothing, that they, you know, they have to figure this out on their own. And so, again, just kind of tying back the importance of relationships, knowing who they can talk to, you know, let me go to Miss Ashley, let me, you know, see what my options are, let me, you know, visit with, um, you you know, the people at the library that work for the library that may be able to kind of give me some information there, you know, let me tap into my school's social media, because what I found, um, especially with um, my institution uh, in, in my degree program right now, they have been putting a lot, I mean, it's just a constant kind of checkup or check in or information, important information for students on social media. So just knowing that you have the options there, you know, just tap into your options and know that you are still human. And if you have to take a break, you know, I think that we um, are in a society now where uh, breaks or or giving yourself a little grace is kind of like a unicorn um, because Mm -hmm. we just want to go, 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 get it done, get it done, get it done. But, you know, like we just said, that mental health piece is so important. And, you know, I would rather take a break and give the institution my best self 
during the next term than for me to continue and hit burnout and, you know, possibly have, you know, either further detrimental effects or, or not detrimental, but either further harming effects or damaging effects to the future goal, you know, um, because you aren't your best self if you're burnt out, if you're, you know, anxious, if you just have too many things on your plate. So it's it's definitely important to put those things in check, you know, and, and uh, prioritize your mental health. What else can we really do to support them? I think that we we can continue to be a voice. I think that for the people that I am connected with in student affairs, um, I think that, you know, we chose this because we care and because we have stories that have shed light, you know, be it lived or learned experiences that allows us to identify with our students on on a level that says we actually care, you know, uh, that was one of the jokes in my master's program, uh, my student affairs program. We are emotional <laughs> about our students, but in the fact that we truly empathize um, with them and just continuing to be like that support. That's what our students need. So just being supportive, not being afraid to to direct our students where they need to go or, you know, being being available as much as we can. This is taking a toll on our work as well. And so also being our best self. So being good to ourselves because we can't pour from an empty cup. So just as it is important for our students to have those mental health checks and, and building those relationships, I think that it is it just as essential for us to do the same, you know, because now we, you and I have created a network where if there are questions that either one of us can maybe answer for the other, we have something to tap into. Mm -hmm. And so just being those supports and, and, and making sure that we are our best selves and having our mental health check-ins and making sure that we are okay for our students, I think, will lend more to their support as well. That is brilliant. Yes, I completely agree. Um, I will share that um, there are tons of programs out there um, nationwide that are available to support students in college transition. And so um, I would just shine a lens on, you know, gear up programs, TRIO programs. TRIO has programs that support students in high school transition as well as on campus. And so when we talk about student support services, you know, seeking out those federally funded programs that can support our students, you know, seeing if they're available to your area, you know, or at your college, um, you know, integrated into the high schools, things like that, um, as well as any local programs or, lo or institutional programs that support student transition. I know here where I am, we have quite a few programs that support students, but sometimes just not knowing to seek them out is the reason why we miss them. And so that is just my, my banner waving, you know, in the air, seek out the programs, seek them out, seek them out, seek them out and make those connections and relationships with programs that will support you. 
Awesome. Yes, thank you so much. I think this was enlightening and something that is a big issue is accessibility and affordability in pursuing higher education. And it truly does come down to having the support from us as professionals. Yes, yes, I agree. Well, is there anything else that you would love to plug, to share with us, you know, anything that you are currently working on? Um, no, I am uh, knee deep in doctoral <laughs> studies and um, and work studies for um, my company. And so, no, but if anybody wants to connect with me, I am on Twitter at underscore BDM Williams. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn at Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I, Shaw hyphen Williams. S-H-A-W. And let's connect. Let's have a conversation. I believe in um, the power of good relationships. So connect with me. That is it for another episode of Campus Connections. If you enjoyed this show, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review here wherever you are listening. Until next time.